Hello, and welcome to Rookie Movie Reviews. I'm Jenny. I'm Dan. And Dan, what do we do on this podcast? Uh, well, we don't really... haven't done it recently, but normally we watch a movie. What's that horrible scratching noise in the background? Well, we're moving, so we have a bunch of boxes, and our cat loves the tape. So Cabbage is trying to rip some tape off of this box. Yummy, yummy, yummy. I'm get up and say no. Okay, well, I'll keep this podcast afloat all by myself. Tell what we do. We watch the top 100 movies of all time, as rated by IMDb, circa 2019. 2019? Before the world went to shit? Yeah. Sick? Well, it's been to shit for a while, but yeah. most notably for a majority of people. He really wants that tape. Okay, so the top 100 movies is rated by IMDb. And then we watch them. And then we pretty much give a summary about them. Maybe some jokes. Yeah, we, we have a few laughs along the way. He really wants that tape. I'll puppy guard it. Okay. Well, kitty guard it, because he's not a dog. Could you kitty I'm guard it instead? He's hitting me now. Well, let him. He wants the tape, and I'm give blocking him the it. tape. <laughs> What did we watch for this particular for th- episode? For this one, we watched Terminator 2 Judgment Day, which was released in 1991 and is starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. And it's directed by... The Avatar Guy. James Cameron. Um, yeah, we went through a few... Because we haven't done an episode for a long time. Yeah. Uh, we just kind of stopped doing it. Had our Sundays you know, be... No editing or anything like that because we normally release on Sundays. But when we were thinking about hopping back to this, we were, we watched a handful of movies. We watched Monty Python and the Holy Grail. We thought, oh, let's watch all of... Um, who's the guy who does Baby Driver? Edgar, Edgar, Wright. Edgar Wright. Let's watch Edgar Wright movies. So we've watched a lot of movies. We, we have not lost our movie-watching skills. <laughs> but we just haven't done any real list movies. Well, stuff kind of opened again. I don't know. We're fully vexed. Yeah, got to actually do stuff. And also the rest of this list, I mean, we're talking about Terminator 2 here, but uh, the majority of what's left on the list are two and a half to three hour dramas or romances. Like what's on here is... um, Schindler's List. Schindler's List. Cinema Paradiso. City of God. Life is beautiful, yeah. Yeah, and... It's all like, okay, those are going to be good movies, but good lord. Yeah, I... am not ready for the emotional strain of Schindler's List, you know? I cry so easy. I don't know what changed in me. I cry a lot, too. You know, good movies kind kind of pull that... But didn't cry during this one. I had a great time during this one. Terminator 2. Yeah, even during the emotional moment. Yeah, right. The the I get. Are you referring to the very ending? Yes. Okay. No yes. spoilers. Well, spoilers because this is a podcast yeah. where we talk about Terminator Two: Judgment Day. Gonna break down the whole thing if you haven't seen it. Um, I've I think I have seen it. This was my first time seeing it. I also have not seen the first Terminator. Me neither. No. Um, it's I saw it in that stage in life where, you know, I was probably too young to see it, and you don't really grasp movies you just think a few scenes are cool you know like oh i'm gonna watch this movie because i know that scene is in it 
and you waste two hours of your life. Sometimes I feel like doing that. I feel like rewatching a movie because I know there's a good scene in it. That's fair, yeah. Like a Little Miss Sunshine, you know? All of mm-hmm. it for him finding out he's colorblind. Oh, God, right. But then the rest of that movie. That's but it's a 10 such out a good 10. movie. It's perfect. I yeah. can't believe that's not on the list. That, that's really definitely is. a 10 out of 10 movie. Yeah. Maybe because it's independent? There don't seem to be other independent movies on the list. Yeah. Now that I'm looking at it. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of Pixar, Spielberg, fucking James Cameron. Yep. Not, not, not a lot of no names on that list. I mean, Greta Gerwig isn't even on that because she released Lady Bird and Little Women. Oh my Women god, Lady Bird. And what was and the other one? Little Women. Oh. And that might have been 2020, but... Who did the favorite? That was Yorgos Lanthimos, who uh, did The Lobster. Yes, and, uh, Yorgos Yeah, but they... Like, she is hyper-acclaimed. Uh-huh. Everybody loved Lady Bird. Who did Kajillionaire? I don't know. Not Greta Gerwig. Okay. That was a good movie, too. Very sad. Yeah. Kinda, like, it was a comedy, but depressing. Lady Bird is a very good movie. Yeah. If you want to watch uh, a comedy, but really a touching drama about, like, a mother-daughter relationship, I know, um, I'm well, I know, I'm pretty sure one of our most avid listeners, my mother, has watched Lady Bird and also really likes Saoirse Ronan. Because I remember she was telling me about a few interviews she saw with Shersha Ronan. And if I recall properly, she was she was pretty enamored with this actress. Rightfully so. Very good actress. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, Lady Bird is a good movie. Mom, if you recommended Lady Bird and I have never talked about it until now, I'm sorry for not uh, letting you know it's great. What was Shersha Ronan just in that we were like, is that Shersha Ronan? That is a good question. It was an older movie that we recognized her in, and I can't remember. Or was it a TV show? I could look her up on IMDb I'll look it up. real quick. I can do it. Do you want to talk about... I'll start the plot off yeah. here. Yeah. So, Terminator 2... Do you just... You're just going to recall it? Well, I know the beginning. Oh my god. But Terminator 2 kicks off with a very iconic scene of uh, Sarah Connor recapping... You know, what goes on in 2029, and Skynet becomes self-aware on that day and launches the War of the Machines, or perhaps there's a nuclear bomb, I don't know. But we see L.A. in 2029, and there's these really badass skeleton robots walking with laser guns, and there's massive war machines, and we are witnessing the War of the Humans versus the Machines, specifically Terminators, I think. Or maybe they're just machines and Terminators are like an elite class. In any case, we see this uh, decrepit hellhole of L.A. covered in skulls. It's a really cool battle scene, really big scale. And we learn that the machines send back a Terminator to kill John Connor. And the Resistance also sends back a Terminator to protect John Connor. And that's the movie we watch in Terminator 2. The Terminator they send back is Arnold Schwarzenegger. The first scene we see of him is he appears in this cool sphere of time travel, totally buck naked, walks into a tough biker bar, kicks major ass of a bunch of people. He gets, you know, cigars put out on him, stabbed, he doesn't care. And then he walks out with his iconic shades, leather jacket, uh, you know, pump shotgun thing that he spins on his hand to shoot and he 
takes off on a motorcycle. Super badass. Alongside that, we see the other Terminator uh, appear. And he appears in this industrial park area, kills a cop, dresses up as a cop, and takes his car and takes off. So the, the first, I guess, 15 minutes of the movie are... Here's what went on with the machines. Here's Arnold arriving. Here's the the mean cop arriving. Um, the mean cop T-1000 arriving. So, kind of set up who's, who's who. All the major players and the stakes. You know, fall of humankind. And that's just about all I remember. Um, step by step. I remember the whole movie, but what happens after this, I do not know. Yeah, first off... Let's talk about that biker bar. Mm-hmm. There's no way that guy was a complete match for his outfit. That was like <laughs> a 60-year-old dude, little small, maybe maybe a size large, but Arnold. Yeah, Arnold's a big guy. There's mm. no way that jacket would fit him right. I agree 100%. He's built like up. a brick shithouse. But... And he is a shithouse because he cheated on his wife. Yeah. Had a... In real life, not in the movie. Yes. The governor of California. He did not have a wife in the movie. Yeah, pretty okay. f- fantastic opening. Um, I, I liked it a lot. No complaints. I think it's hyper famous, hyper iconic. You know, it's T2. Yeah, and they're going to kill John Connor instead of Sarah Connor. Mm-hmm. And he's 10, so it'll be easy to kill a little boy. <laughs> right. Yeah, we meet, just after this, we meet John Connor, uh, the the rude young man who's working on his little motorbike with his friend, and he's got some foster parents, and he's uh, very mean to his foster parents, and his foster parents are very mean to him. Uh, they, they basically just go in after John Connor disrespects him, and they're like, I hate that fucking kid, and he, the dad says, like, yeah, let me go kick his ass, and... And John Connor says, eat me, and takes off on a on a motorbike or whatever and goes yeah. into town. Right? Is yep. the proper sequence? No, you're, you're correct. Uh, John Connor is played by Edward Furlong, which you might recognize as the brother in American History X. Yeah. Younger, younger brother who's getting indoctrinated or wants A little to... bit indoctrinated, yep. Cool. Cabbage is thirsty, if you hear some of that. I don't think we're going to edit this. I think we're going to let it marinate and set it go. Set it go. Yeah. Let it go. Just fire it off as is, man. Be free. Raw. This Eat is trash. live. This is showbiz, baby. baby. <laughs> okay. Where are we? Terminator and Police 101. T-1000. T-1000. My bad. My bad. What does what Arnold call him? A mimetic... Mimetic alloy. And John Connor's like, what's that? Liquid metal. That's what it is. A mimetic alloy. Got a little quiet. Careful, Dan. Oh, I'll speak up. Don't pull I'll a Jenny. scream. So they're both looking for John Connor, who is running away from his shitty foster parents with his mullet ginger friend. And they're at an arcade. And... I'm really focused on cabbage right now. The cop has gone to the foster parent's house and he got a photo of him because of John, because John was reported missing. Mm-hmm. And he uses that to 
go to popular kid hangout spots, I guess, to look around for John. And some nerd in high-waisted pants and big glasses points him out, and he's, he's trying to race. Yeah. I love racing games. That's my favorite arcade game. What's your favorite arcade game? Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, Street Fighter... Street Fighter 2 or Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Those are very fun to throw down on. Fighting games? Yeah. Yeah, fighting games. Fighting games at an arcade are cool. Totally different, you know? Yeah. Racing cabinets, for me personally, I feel like the wheel feels a little dirty all the time. Oh, the wheel is disgusting. That's why I can't do it post-COVID. Yeah. Cannot be done. Cruising USA, though? Nope. Never again, I guess. (laughs) We'll bring gloves. <sighs> and you can shed the gloves after the fact. They've been shod. Shod them. <laughs> shod. Is that right? I think Shedded. if you get shod, that that's like a horse getting its metal things nailed to its feet. And then unshod is getting them off. So it unshod. You'd, un- you'd shod the gloves. I shodded. And pizzed. <laughs> and then you would unshod them ah. after you play the game. You just shot it and pizzed. Is that all? Is there yeah, any This third is a family friendly podcast. <laughs> yeah, everyone listening is like, what the fuck are they talking about? Everyone listening, yeah. aka Deb. What's yeah. up, Deb? Hey, Mom. So, you were talking about the mall when Chase goes down. Oh, yeah. Well, is it a mall? Where is this? He's at a mall. They're at like this big mall and there's an arcade in the mall. Where? Oh, it's in, it's in LA. 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 I think that, I think being a teen in LA would have been cool. Maybe in the eighties. Yeah. But wasn't there a lot of crack? Oh yeah. There's a huge crack epidemic Mm -hmm. in the Mm eighties. That's when all the cool stuff happened. The eighties? Well, I mean, you know how, uh. Yeah, no, yeah. Kids get nostalgic for a time that was just like, whatever to the people around it. But I think the era just before the internet would have been really cool. Isn't that what Stranger Things kind of keys off of? Like, yeah, that's like 80s. nostalgia, yeah. 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 Which, there's a word for that experience when you never lived it. I don't know what the word is. Are the 80s just the 90s without the internet? No, I mean, like, the 80s was still the Cold War, so there was still significant tension with the USSR. And there was a slight economic collapse. I think the gas crisis ended right before the 80s started, but stuff was coming back. The 90s was a pretty significant economic boom, but there was a little bit of a recession. And then the 08 crisis, of course. Oh, and 9-11, I think, is a huge turning point as well um, when it comes to personal freedoms for an American citizen. But that that might have been just before trickle-down economics as well. That was, that was Reagan. Yeah. Um, look, I don't want to blame it all on 9-11, but it certainly did not help. It's true. Um... Okay, yeah. So, but 80s were a great time for malls. You know what? Reagan was president in the 80s, so that's when shit started. 
Like, that's when Trickle Down started. That old bastard. Yeah. Showed up and kicked it all off. Well, in any case, they're in a mall. John's playing arcade games. And he's getting chased by a cop. Who is a T-1000. Turns out uh, Arnold has been stalking him this whole time. And they come to a collision point in the back rooms of the mall. And they basically start shooting down the the T-1000 and their Arnold Schwarzenegger robot fight. The T-whatever-he-is. The Terminator. Model 101. Model 101. What, What little moment did you have here, Jenny? Because I think it's indicative of the experience of a lot of theater goers at the time. Oh yeah, well, so I've never seen the first Terminator. I just know I'll be back and hasta la vista, baby. Right. I did not know that the Terminator was the good guy in the second one. So when he told John to get down, I said to Dan, "Why did he tell John to get down? He could have just shot him then." <laughs> yeah, it's like preserving the "I am your father" twist. Yeah. You know, that doesn't happen often. No, it's good. It's good. Yeah, pretty cool. They get in a shootout. The effects are awesome. Whenever the T-1000 gets shot, it's like, yeah, it looks bad, but thinking of the time frame the movie was made, shootouts are cool. Really, really badass fight goes down between these two, and things get broken, walls get bashed, and it makes sense because these are not men. They are Terminators. Bashing through all giant robots. So, yeah. Pretty pretty sick uh, sequence. John takes off. Yep. This actually kicks off a very long chase scene. Yeah, on motorcycles, and the Terminator picks up John off of his own motorcycle, and they're trying to escape a semi truck that the T one thousand is driving. And they go throughout the city. They disrupt a lot of traffic. And another great thing about this movie is recognizing how boxy and metallic (laughs) cars were in the 80s. Just imagine your AC breaking in one of those. Unbearable. And I don't want to downplay this chase scene because it truly is incredible. Like, they leave the mall and the T-1000 steals a semi-truck. Bashes this... uh, Semi-truck through bridges and crashes it into ravines. Arnold is chasing it on a motorcycle and shooting at it with this sling-type shotgun thing. It's super awesome. Oh, yeah, he keeps reloading it by spinning it around. Yeah. Super cool. Which is sick. So it's it's quite a climactic chase. Probably cost billions of dollars. And then at the end of the day, it's just... A sentence of like they chase each other in a ravine on Wikipedia, but this is one hell of a one hell of an action sequence that ultimately terminates in the truck being blown up. Jenny really rolled her eyes at me on that one. Uh, the truck gets blown up. Arnold takes off with John, who is now safe in Arnold's care, and the T one thousand walks menacingly out of the inferno. Thinking about how badly he wants to go kill that kid. So, so after this, the duo go to uh, I don't know bar. Looks like a bar. There's teenagers there though, and Terminator is holding on to John. John freaks out and he calls for help. 
and then he says, put me down. And so the Terminator sets him down, and John's like, oh, you, you need to do what I say. That's crazy. But then two guys come over, and they're like, little kid, you were just screaming for help? Do you need help? And John's like, no, dipsticks. Fuck you. Terminator, attack. And he almost kills them for coming to the aid of John, which that doesn't sit right with me, but it seems like something a shitty kid would really appreciate about a movie in the 90s because it's just like, ah, oh, control. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if Cabbage is pathetic. Meh. Yeah, Cabbage saw a reflection on a wall and is really stirred up about it. But, yeah, definitely a problematic move from John. The whole point of the scene is that he learns the Terminator must follow his orders. That's one of the parameters of his mission. So the next order John gives is to help him uh, spring his mom from a maximum security prison with a specialization into psychological treatment. But really it's kind of portrayed as a torture chamber for Sarah Connor where all the wardens are very evil and nefarious type people. Alongside some of the scenes that we've been seeing, we do get scenes of Sarah Connor, and we learn what she's been up to in prison, which is basically getting super buff. And she's in prison because of her claims that she was hunted in the first movie by a man from the future. And her son's father is a man from the future, which is all true, but in the reality of the end of movie... It has landed her in uh, this prison. So that's her her imprisonment is not funny. What is funny is our little cat freaking out. Yes, yeah, he's going nuts. He really wants the light, please, the light. And Sarah's gotten buff. She gets super mistreated because the warden's mean to her. But also, there's a scene where she gets her. <laughs> Shouldn't be laughing. Uh, she gets like. Tramadol or something, I don't know. But then the guard is like creepy and licks her face and she dead eyes through it to pretend that she's sleeping and then this guy who's seen mild mannered starts like beating a nightstick against the wall and banging on doors in like mm-hmm. an intimidating way. But it's good because it also signifies that he's further out. So Sarah like breaks the... No, she has a paper clip in her mouth that she uses to unlock the hand thingies. Cuffs? Mm. Handcuffs. There we go. The hand thingy restraints. Yep. So she's gonna she's fixing to bust herself out. Yeah. And this is happening concurrently with both John and the T model one oh one are going to bust her out and the T one thousand is going to find her and kill her because he in his computer brain has devised that that's what the next strategic point that the kid would do is. So And he's right. Yeah, he's right. They all converge on this prison at once. Oh, it's up there. It's on the ceiling. Lights on the ceiling. That's where you can still see it. This might be the best part of the podcast. The cabbage yeah. really wants this light. Well, chirp noises. Chirp, 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 chirp. Okay. Oh my god. Okay. Cabbage just topped onto a bunch of boxes. And so, now he's trying to get up in them. What's in that box? That is some board games. 
well, he's not bored, but he's a game. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so as she's escaping the hospital, John and the Terminator come to find her. And she does. She freaks out when she sees the Terminator because she knows that he's the bad guy. God, cabbage. Yeah. So she's reluctant to trust him, but then he totally rescues her and John. But then what else happens in the hospital, Dan? Well, the, are you referring to the T one thousand showing up and all of it? Oh, okay, yeah. So the T one thousand is closing in. They basically have a shootout. Or some sort of battle where Sarah Connor has to really readjust her entire life uh, mentality in the spur of a moment. Because the big mean Arnold is now helping her and there's this cop trying to kill her. And she is a very versatile person. And she hops into the battle. They get some revenge on the... The powers that be, you know, the evil cops and the evil uh, p- patient workers and all. And I think that that's something this movie tries very hard to do because there is a lot of collateral to the future state of things. A lot of people are going to die along the way of this Terminator hunt. And the movie tries very hard to make everybody that does die along the way a complete bastard. Foster parents die, and they are borderline physically abusive. Like, the foster dad is just raring to get out there in the garage and kick John Connor's ass for no reason other than he disobeyed. And these hospital workers are complete criminal creeps. Or, uh, in the case of the main doctor, uh, abusive and dismissive and manipulative. So when these people die, it's no great loss in the terms of the movie. And uh, I think that's that's a good move. But they break out of the prison with the help of the Model 101. Uh, they escape in a police car. There's a cool little sequence where the T-1000 is, has his hook arms because he's liquid metal and he's latching on and all. And the effects are really cool. A little piece of his hook arm gets knocked to the road after the escape occurs. And he just kind of walks up and it gelatinizes into his foot. I thought that was really cool and looked very believable. In flight, they learn that this guy named... Miles Bennett Miles Bennett Dyson is responsible for kicking off Skynet, pretty much. He, He invents a processor that leads to a sequence of events of Skynet becoming self-aware. Um... Did you pause it? I didn't pause it. I thought about pausing it, but Cabbage is licking the water stream in the background. I'm starting to wonder if we should lock him away when we're trying to record, because he wants to create chaos. That's fine. He's an agent of chaos. So they kind of talk back and forth. (laughs) They they talk back and forth about, like, oh, this is how it becomes self-aware. Sarah Connor decides to take John to Mexico to flee the, the future events and just live with her son. On the way there, they meet an old friend in uh, Mexico. I don't know if this guy's in the first movie. Just kind of him and his family. They have a ton of guns. They're going to ride out, ride out to Mexico and wait for everything to go down. But Sarah has a recurring nightmare where she sees the nuclear bomb 
flash off and a lot of kids die. She herself dies in her dream with John. And it's a very violent, people are like burning alive and turning to ash. What day is that? That is Judgment Day. That's the title of the movie. T2 Judgment Day, yes. So she has a dream about Judgment Day and decides, you know what? I gotta go kill this Dyson guy who makes a microprocessor. I have to kill him. So she leaves Mexico. She gets all of her guns. Apparently there were just a bunch of guns hanging out in that caravan city. And she made the guy watch them all for her. So she suits up and rolls out. And we cut to a very nice, like, a mansion home. And there's a little boy, his mom. And he's he wants to play with his monster walk. <laughs> and she, he needs five more minutes. And dad's working hard at being a programmer boy. Mm-hmm. We see a tiny red dot appear on the back of his head. And thankfully that snot-nosed kid distracts his dad long enough for Sarah to take the shot. And he, Dyson bends down, and it hits the computer screen. And what follows is some brutal stuff from Sarah. It's kind of crazy. She just rips up with the machine gun function of the sniper rifle. So apparently Willow from Overwatch's gun is a real gun. I don't know what kind of gun that is. Do you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know the name of that weapon. but It's a real gun. I, I just thought it was like a machine gun that she was using from far away. And that was like a combo. Because you can put big old scopes on anything. Put one on a pistol. Go crazy, you know? Why would you put a scope on a pistol that's for close range interaction? Well, you could. Can a pistol even go that far to necessitate a scope? I would bet yes. Dependent on the pistol, I think. I'm going to go buy a gun and put a scope on it. And then we can have that as a proof of concept. Are you threatening to shoot me on this podcast? I'm going to shoot you with a pistol. Holy shit. With a scope on it. Oh my god. Boys and girls. It's happening. If I, if I, my body turns up in the Wisconsin River, shot. Morbid. Morbid. Dan did it. Statistically, Dan did it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that's... The, the boyfriend, the, the husband. They'd come for you first if I turned up dead. Yeah, they'd probably find this recording and be like, ha ha. There's no way. What are the odds? Even if I don't die from a gunshot wound. Yeah, that's some bullshit. Yeah. Formally redacted, or else. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, after she tries to completely murder this guy, she shows up and she's like, damn it. Get, get in the living room. We're going to chat about this. Which, holy shit. You know. Well, she brings him into the living room to kill him in front of his family and she can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so she has a heart after all. Yeah. I like that they make it where your main character is actually willing to go very far. Or seemingly willing to go very far. To accomplish what they believe is right. Yeah, it's more interesting than, than just... Yeah, I feel like a, a lesser movie would have had the kid come into frame. And she would have just been like, ah, oh, damn. And put the gun down. But instead she sees the toy truck and is like, sweet. My chance. <laughs> He's distracted. I'm going to cap him. But yeah, as you say, ends up not doing it. John and the Terminator show up. And they tell Dyson about what he does with Skynet. And they learn that his research has already been reverse-engineered from a damaged CPU from the arm 
of a previous Terminator. Not already been re-engineered, but... Has mostly been. Yeah. How does Arnold convince this family that he is a Terminator? Oh, God. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. So he takes a vertical cut down the length of his forearm, and then he does some length cuts around it, like a... Like, uh, getting the meat off a rabbit. And he helps the rabbit take its sweater off. And the rabbit, rabbit <laughs> being his forearm, he degloves the rest of it. Ugh. And that is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it was disgusting. Yeah, no thank you. Very gross. They bring Dyson over to Cyberdyne. Because after, uh, after what he just saw, he's 100% convinced that... Time travel's real. There is a future war. He's responsible for it. He knows that it's bad. He feels the weight of humanity on his shoulders. Because three strangers are like, yeah, look, he's got a robot arm. This is real. Is that happened today? Yeah. Technology has gotten so advanced. Be a little suspicious. You have to be suspicious. Good thing it happened back in 1991. This guy should have been a bit more suspicious. But he takes him to Cyberdyne to... To get the uh, the chips, and it ends up uh, turning into a shootout with cops. There's a there's a little f- alarm button on the front that ends up getting hit, and cops roll up. Throughout the movie, John Connor has been stressing the importance of human life to the Terminator, and the Terminator manages to use tear gas and a minigun to defeat hundreds of cops without a single human casualty. So I think it's neat. It's a cool little action sequence that has no dead bodies up until the very end. When uh, Dyson, who was mortally wounded, has a like explosive rigged up that as soon as he dies, his arm falls and he blows up the whole lab. So there is some death. But yeah, they break in relatively easily, get this hyper-advanced stuff relatively easily, and escape hundreds and hundreds of cops and police presence relatively easily so i'd say shooting a bunch of men in their knees is not going to incapacitate them and it is frankly a bad move when you're trying to pull a stunt like this (laughs) i forgot he just walks up and shoots them he just shoots them all in the knees (laughs) and they're like oh this guy's tough i'm not gonna shoot him they fall over screaming also i guess the terminator targeting computer he'll he'll miss the femoral artery or whatever oh yeah but that can be a very fatal wound getting shot right through the leg oh the leg bleeding out shot in the knee yeah your femoral artery is like pretty much exposed at your thigh you don't even have to cut that deep then you're screwed totally bleed out okay anyway they escape and they go to a steel mill The T-1000 shows up as well. He's been pursuing them. And then T-1000 and Schwarzenegger Terminator fight. And... T-1000 seems to win. He uh, really just knocks the heck out of the Terminator. And his little red eye goes dim. And it seems like all hope is lost. But turns out he has an alternate power source. And his eye lights up again. 
Sarah tries to get the T-1000, tries to knock him into a vat of molten steel as it's about to kill John. Does not work. Oh, I forgot to mention the T-1000 pretends to be Sarah to oh, trick yeah. John. Which, you know, pretty clever. It could be anything and anyone. Why did it stay the cop the whole time? Why wouldn't it try to disguise itself? Yeah, constantly change. Be like, oh, I'm a I sell ice worker. cream. You guys want some ice cream? Why not be a cat? It's like a big cat. but Yeah, any living... A bear? Any living thing you could turn into any human and just make it work, but no. It's like, be like a really cozy looking chair and then someone's going to want to sit in you. <laughs> and then yum 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 eat their bones at that exact moment right. just the whole chair could become a mouth start chewing there was a brief scene where the model 101 explained the limitations to his form taking but he said the limitations were like oh he couldn't turn into a gun because for a gun to function there's moving mechanical parts and there's chemical explosions for the bullets doesn't work but any simple, large format like can a be... Like chair. Yeah, can be copied, so... Or a bear. Don't know why it doesn't change into any of those things. Or a county fair. That'd be too big, not enough metal. Ah, that's so, why. Probably if the same rules apply to a bear. What about a series of hair? Rabbits. Oh, a lot of rabbits. Yeah, like a whole Warren's worth. Mm-hmm. Warrensworth would be a good name, too. Warrensworth. Like, as a human? Yeah. No. No? <laughs> That'd be... Warrensworth. No, I'm Warrensworth. That's... I like it. Next cat. on. Or a rabbit. That'd be a good name for a rabbit. There we go. Okay, anyway, he tries to be Sarah. He's not Sarah. Real Sarah is like, shoot him! No, him! Not actually, because he melts back into himself. Right. I'm just upset. There's no reason he has to stay that guy. No, but, I mean, hey, that's what the audience knows. Probably would confuse those 80s movies goers. It's true, it's true, it's true. Okay. Then, Schwarzenegger has a gosh darn grenade launcher, and he successfully gets the T-1000 into the steel, mm. where it melts and dissolves, which is a very... Very gentle way to put what happens. It's really horrific, but it's also very cool and really good effects, especially for the 90s, not the 80s, released in 91. And it's just like this writhing metal mess, but it proves that it can be killed. And then John has the CPU that was reverse engineered and the original arm, and he throws both of those. Oh, wait. Yeah, into the vat. And then Schwarzenegger, instead of the previous Terminator version of Schwarzenegger, you know. Oh, okay. Is that good? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Current Model 101 that they really should have named. Should have just given him a name. Yeah. Well, no, Uncle Bob. Yes. He is called his Uncle Bob at one point. Okay, so Uncle Bob explains that his own CPU must be destroyed to make sure that they cannot reverse engineer another Skynet. And he acts against John's orders to stay. Yes. Do you want to... 
No, bring us home. There's like 30 seconds of (laughs) movie left. I don't know. So he grabs onto a chain instead of, I don't know, jackknifing in. (laughs) That would have been a good end. He just leapt in, no drama. Famous line, hasta la vista, baby. And we see his hand slowly sink in. Is that not when Asta La Vista maybe happens? He says Asta La Vista when he shoots the frozen T-1000, I believe. Oh, man. Yeah. But his hand is still slowly descending in. Should I rewind it? I got it wrong. No. No famous lines for Jenny. But as the hand falls in and melts in, it turns into a thumbs up. Yes. Which is a meme. It's a meme and also a really effective callback. Because, I don't know, I, th- I thought the ending was so phenomenal. And then Sarah Connor drives off talking about being optimistic for the future. Yeah. But I, I thought the ending was so good because so many callbacks all at once of the Terminator trying to learn to be a more human and learn the value of human life. And then it's just, ah, oh, what a what a finish. I think that's because the movie's a good action movie. It's a great, great movie. Obviously, everyone loves it. But it's uh, it's got a lot of heart. You know, all the, all the characters feel like real people and there's a lot of uh, stakes well, and emotion model <laughs> the model 101 isn't a real person no that's a robot so that was thing. a failing on their part to make him seem too real because he's a robot yes that's true how'd you feel about it Julia? <laughs> no i didn't mean to make you stop talking but i yeah it was good it was a very good action movie we talked about like john wick recently and how that's also an action movie, but they stopped doing splody stuff. Yeah. Things are much smaller scale. Or at least that's the trend right now. Yeah. More martial arts focused. But we didn't finish Tomorrow War. So there's no way to know what the range of action is there. But then I guess, like, Marvel movies are action movies. I don't know. Yeah. And there's like Fast Nine with Vin Diesel, so they're still they're still making a form of action movie, but it's not the same. No. What uh, I don't know. Give a one good, one bad point, and then I'll give a good and bad, and we'll rate this puppy. CGI was really good for its time, mm-hmm. but. The practical effects were certainly more long-lasting. Yeah, like his robot face at the end. Yeah. The liquid alloy looked pretty cool, but you could tell it's not Yeah, the same. They particularly had a lot of issue, it looked like, with joints. Yeah. Because the, the chest or whatever is like, oh, cool, yeah. And there's even some impressive sequences where... A human's face is reflected on the body to be like warped and stuff from the metal. But then when it walks, it looks like four blocks of computer assets moving together, you know? A little rough. Yeah. I'd also say it was kind of annoying how all the humans that weren't main humans and weren't Sarah's friends were like completely evil. Like all the. Most of the people that died were just bad folks. Mm-hmm. So that's, I don't know. Yeah. Eh, convenient. Like, why are they trying so hard to save all these people when they all kind of suck anyway? Yeah. 
I think the favorite part for me was how they handled, I don't know what the term is, uh, relationships or investment, I guess. the Just how the characters felt. They, they were all really well written. And then elements of the characters being bad for a good purpose. Like Sarah was being pushed to the very limit of her humanity to kill Dyson in front of his family because it would it would stop the war potentially uh, or a version of the war and it wouldn't have stopped the war because they already reverse engineered the CPU yeah and then Arnold at the very beginning was you know just beating up a bunch of bikers who were just kind of hanging out uh, and it's like oh look at how badass he is and still a bad thing to do but he, he did it because that's what what he would do, I guess. I don't know how to put it exactly, but the characters, uh, even though they're the good guys, have some good conflict going on about how far they're willing to go and what's truly the right thing. Yeah. All that good stuff. Super good. Yeah, the point about the bikers, too, they definitely did that, so you continue to think, oh, Terminator's a bad guy. Yeah. That door shutting was in the recording. Should we rewind it? Or is it fine? That's fine. Okay. We had to protect our princess Pugsley <laughs> from the evil demon Cabbage. Because Cabbage will attack. <sighs> cabbage would uh, be a Terminator. Yeah, he would. Even if he was reprogrammed, he'd pretend to be reprogrammed. Yeah. And then come back and do evil shit again. <laughs> Throw off the whole war. Uh, well, should we rate it? Yeah, on three. Yeah, one, two, three, seven. eight. Seven and a half. All right. All righty, seven and a half. Rookie movie reviews. Yeah, why do you think this movie's in the top 100? Oh. Uh, I think because the special effects are really great. Um, according to Wikipedia, the special effects, like this is one of the first movies that really leaned on a lot of special effects. Oh. And kind of paved the way for movies to be like, oh, we can use computers like in a big way. I don't know if it's the very first, but it's one of the most prominent. I think also the characterization is fantastic, and it's a real tight plot. You know, if you look at it on the whole, it goes, like, here are the stakes, future. Here's the two main forces of power. And then we kind of move from setting to setting. I think there's only three or four main settings, such as um, kind of outside and traveling there's the sequence in the hospital, there's a sequence in the steel mill, and then everything else is just intermediary. So the set pieces are really solid and um, compact. So I think it's a pretty well written and paced movie. Okay, yeah. I would agree. Well written, well paced. I did forget to mention the voiceovers from Sarah were weird sometimes. Oh, yeah. Like when she was looking at John and the Terminator... And be like, oh, the fathers he might have had. This was better. Yeah. <laughs> so. Okay, I, yeah, I'd agree with your reasons for top 100. Cool, alright. Alright, okay. Okay. Alright, bye. Bye. Thanks, bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye, bye, bye. Bye. bye.